Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. Good morning. For um, anyone who's here who doesn't know me, all you need to know is my name's Kath. That'll do. And, um, and I love being here with you this morning. And uh, it's such a privilege, isn't it, to come together and to worship together and to seek the Lord together. I feel, um, yeah, I felt just the sense of how important this is. And um, as the days go on, how more, much more important it will be for us to gather together. Um, I do want to thank the worship team because it makes it... <laughs> Easy for me to get up and speak after we have turned our heart and opened our heart to the Lord in that kind of worship. Um, and, uh, you know, there was a guy, Jonathan Edwards, I don't know if you've read or heard about him, but he, was, he had a lot to say about the Holy Spirit and about God. And one of the things he used to pray for his congregation every morning was that they, when they gathered together, whenever they gathered together, was that the people would come and they would turn their affection towards their God. And so um, that's what we have done together this morning. And uh, so can we continue in that place of holding our affection towards God? Um, So the first slide can go up if you like. It's just to remind you that we're in the middle of a series which is about the wildness of the spirit. And the spirit can be wild and gentle all at once. And so I imagine this morning, um, as someone was praying, we imagined just and saw that kind of sense of the dove. The same Holy Spirit dove that rested on Jesus in a moment that was gentle would be released. Many (laughs) would be here to rest upon us. And I wonder, I have been praying that you would sense that. Sense this morning the Holy Spirit resting with you because we all need that. And I know that actually some of us have come incredibly desperate this morning for that. So I am trusting that you will um, experience that of the Lord this morning, because I know he longs to do that, to come and to be with us in a sense of being at peace, in freedom with him, no matter what is going on around us. I'd like to start by reading that passage that we have that we know that talks about prophecy being a special thing. And then to explain a bit to you about prophecy, some of us sitting here will know a great deal about it and will know that we actually already move in those prophetic gifts. One of the things that I love about the vineyard, um, and in case you didn't know, you're sitting in a vineyard church, um, is sometimes people do arrive thinking that we're selling wine, and I'm sorry if you've come disappointed. It's a different type of wine that we're giving away today, as it is Pentecost Sunday. So we would like to say that we might end up drunk in the spirit this morning. So let's see how... Um, But I... um, Be open to that concept. Um, But I... And so now I have completely lost my train of thought. (laughs) A tangent, we're in the vineyard, that's right. (laughs) And John... 
John Wimber, who was the founder of the vineyard, one of the great things that he said was that the Holy Spirit gifts are like this toolbox that we're given. And so they're available to everyone, anyone who loves the Lord, anyone who has welcomed the Holy Spirit into their heart. And to be honest, I have met a lot of Christians who, don't, who have not even realised they've welcomed the Holy Spirit into their life, who are actually moving in all the gifts and don't actually realise they're doing it. So this morning, it might but just be saying to you, you're moving in this gift and an affirming of that for you, that this is part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ with your affection turned towards God and open-hearted towards him and to the world. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, you may know these words well, Paul is talking, um, he's been talking about how important it is that love is the main thing that we carry into the world. And at the same time, he's saying these gifts are really important way of expressing the love of God in the world. So follow the way of love, chapter 14, 1 Corinthians, and desire the spiritual gifts especially the gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one can understand him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, to men and women for their strengthening, encouragement and comfort. So people speaking in tongues will edify themselves but those who are prophesying edify the church. And I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. So I think um, there's an understanding here, and it goes on talking about the different gifts, that there's something really special about this prophetic gift, and we want want to explore that again this morning. Um, I have to... I have to confess... I, um, I am among the people who, oh, I don't know, I'm just one of these people that if someone says everyone should do this or this makes you a Christian, then I'm likely to say, oh, well, then I won't do that to show you that I can love the Lord without it. So I have had a lot of, um, I haven't really liked the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the first place because, you know, someone came to me early on and said, you've got to speak in tongues to really be a Christian. And so I did the whole thing of, I'll show you that I love the Lord without doing that. And then I missed out, right? And then it was years later, I really had to apologize to the Lord because honestly, with tongues, I feel like my English words fail me often. And to just let yourself pray in tongues for someone means you can stay in that place of intercession for someone beyond what English words can give you. And so I realised I really had to apologise to God. Okay, the same with prophetic gifting. So I don't know if you've been to conferences where people or in places where people say, come forward and we'll pray for you for a gift that you'd like, so just come on down. And so I would go down all the time because my background's in nursing and I long to pray for people and to see miraculous healing. I had discovered that um, very quickly that uh, what we have in medicine can give us quite a lot of help, but there's a deeper spiritual help that people really need in their lives and to, to know the wonder of miracles for people who are suffering was what I longed for. So I'm down there 
down the front every time there was an opportunity, hands out, asking the Lord to give me the gift of healing every single time. Someone would come and pray for me and say, and the Lord is giving you the gift of prophecy. I was like, what the heck? To the point, one time, I opened my eyes and, sorry, Lord, that I ever said this. I just said, I don't want that. I don't even know what it is. I came for healing. Just pray for healing for me. I want to do that. (laughs) And they looked a little bit shocked and said, well, I do think the Lord is giving you the gift of prophecy. And I was like, okay, then I better figure out what that is. At that point, I, I understood the prophetic gift to be preaching and expounding the gospel to people from the front in a church. And maybe you have understood it to be that way. And actually, the Hebrew word for prophecy that we see does say that it's a speaking gift and it is being able to give explanation to the heart of God. So I can see how we got there. But when I started reading the scripture, that seemed like a very limited um, definition to me. And, uh, and you may have found that also. So I do believe it is that, but I think it's beyond that. I don't think it has to happen up the front as I'm doing today, although I do believe that it can happen in that place. Does that make sense? Okay, so then quite frankly, when I started reading it and looking for prophets and what they did, I just got terrified. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, you know, you just have to... The Old and the New Testament... I was like, they were weird, Lord, really weird. Like, you know, and got stuck in these places like, really, Jonah, don't you think he was stuck between a rock and a hard place? He was, you know, or we could say between Nineveh and the belly of a whale. But still, he, he was just like in this position and I just thought, oh, I really identify with that. And, you know, being asked to live out a prophecy for a group of people in a way that means you lie on one side for one time and on the other and you don't eat and you do eat. And I'm going, oh, I don't think this is for me. I think you've picked the wrong girl. <laughs> That's not my idea of fun. Or, you know, having to be like Deborah who prophesied to world leaders. And I mean, it was really encouraging to me to find that there are women, a number of women in the Old Testament and in the New who were prophetic. So that was encouraging. Um, But at the same time, it was like, oh, I absolutely don't think I'm them. But then I came to understand that actually there were things that I was experiencing that I just, and to be honest, I always have. Um, And I realised that God was trying to speak to me for the sake of not just for me, but for other people to show his love. And to me, that's what they were discovering in the New Testament. Then I discovered... um, So I I came to understand in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came in a way where he came to individual people at times to bless a whole community, to foretell and foretell what God wanted to do. But his heart always was that it would be on all people. And prophetically... Joel said that to us. In the day of the Lord, Joel chapter 2.28, it says this, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So... 
I would like to share a prophetic word that was given to me just before we started, that every one of us sitting here this morning, imagine yourself having just been gifted, gifted a bottle of mineral water that's beautiful and clear and you're desperately thirsty and you want to drink it and you're going to open it now. So, But for some of us, for a long time, this whole idea of of the Holy Spirit gifts and especially prophecy, we have screwed the lid on so tight because we haven't wanted it to be messy and to explode everywhere and to be weird. So I'm in that category also. I um, had to go through this process of, of... So I would really like to say... And I think it's helpful in the vineyard, often we say, please don't add your own weird to God's weird. So I think it's weird enough (laughs) in a beautiful, wonderful way. But then I would just like to also say, quite frankly, we're all weird. All human beings are weird in their own sweet way. My mother taught me that. We changed the words of the song, everyone's beautiful in their own way, to everyone's weird in their own way from when I was very little. So I have accepted that in myself and I accept it in all of you. So let's embrace um, how God would like to bring his bubbling up and out for all of us. For the sake of all of us, would we do that? I would like to say I think there are ways of exploring the heart of God and the way he would want to release the prophetic on all of us. And I know that that passage from Joel is important because to us today because, you know, it was said again in Acts, wasn't it? At Pentecost, when we remember this time, those same words were spoken as the Holy Spirit was poured out. And I just want to remind us all, you know, It's this pouring out across all the people who would turn their affections towards God and say yes to him. It cost Jesus his life, his death and his resurrection. Why would we be so ungrateful for the gifts that he gives us? Why would we question him and why would we not trust him and learn how to steward them properly, of course? But why would we just say no to them? And some of you... um, may have been like me. I have, I've been in those places where it hasn't been used in a great way. There, are, there seems to be some people who really believe that you're only moving in the prophetic if you have really critical things to say about individuals or world leaders and you want to put that all over social media. There are some people who only think you're being prophetic if you can say whether someone's getting, who they're going to marry, when they're going to have a baby all those sort of things. Um, or some people feel that they're only prophetic if you, can, if you can kind of speak into someone's life in a way that says, thus saith the Lord, with that, such certainty that if they do anything other than what you've said, then they're really sinning against God. I find all of that disturbing, and I hope you do too, because I gave my life to follow Jesus, not a human being. I also have found it really disturbing in a health setting when people come in and they pray and they say they have a prophetic word that this person who's unwell is going to live and it stops the people who are around that person being able to, or that person themselves, they feel like they're sinning then if they think they're going to die and then they don't get ready to die 
They don't say the things they should have said or could have said. They don't put the things in place they wanted to. And you rob a whole family of a decent, dignified journey to the other side, to heaven. So I don't, I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray for miraculous healings and wonderful things and hold faith with people. But you can do both and talk to them about dying at the same time in a realistic way. So can I ask that as we explore this gift and try it together, we think about the real purpose for the gift. So the next slide will give you those few things. In this passage that we read, we learn that it's to encourage and strengthen people, to console and comfort, and it's to build up the church. I would like us to each ask that we would explore those thoughts before we give a word to someone. Will this encourage and strengthen them? Will it in some way bring them comfort? And how, actually, would this build up the church? And I think that's one of the big things, the church building up, really concerns me when I see people who say that they're prophets. And honestly, they're loose cannons, not connected to any church community, and they have no accountability anywhere. I would rather give a word to someone and have check it with someone and stand with them and go, does this fit for you? I would rather check with their life group leader or with Bonnie and Rob before I would stand up and say anything that I think, you know, is really directive. I think we have to be super careful with those sorts of words. But there are lots of encouraging things that we can gift people with, aren't there? So let's be those people. Let's be those people who would live out that kind of prophetic life. And isn't that the way Jesus did it? His prophetic acts were seeing someone who was sitting in a tree, who was small, who was out of the way and calling them down to walk with him. Wouldn't you rather have that sort of prophetic gift where you see someone with the heart and the eyes of God and you call them towards him? Not towards you, towards him. And invite them to experience what it is to feast with Jesus. I think that's what we're on about. I hope that's what it's like for you. That's what's stirring in your heart as we're all gently unsqueezing the lids on our mineral water to see what the God, God might bring in our hearts. Um, I want to let you know that prophetic gifting can come in lots of different ways. And you may know this or not know this. So it could be um, something that I encourage you to really explore in the scriptures. Go through every time a prophetic word is given and you'll find these sort of things happening. Um, and I want to give you a little bit of an illustration of what it's been like for me so you can see how it fits into someone's life. So I think God communicates. It's a communication gift. It do, has to do with words, but not always with words. So um, on the next slide, I think there's a process that comes where you receive something from the Lord and you wait with that, and you can wait for an interpretation or to ask him how it applies. So, for instance, um, sometimes, for me, it's all five senses. So sometimes I smell a fragrance. And there was a, a period of time where I just smelt roses, and it, and it was particularly around a friend of mine. Whenever I was with her, I 
I had this sense of this beautiful smell of roses. And I looked up the scripture and dis- discovered that um, in the Old Testament, there's a reference to God as being the rose of Sharon. And so I thought, wow, that's beautiful, Lord. What would you want me to do with that? So a lot of the time it was just praying about this presence going with my friend. And then I felt like the Lord said, I'd like you to go and find a rose perfume and buy it and gift it to her. So I did that. And then when I got to that stage, so this was quite a process. And then I gave the word to her and it turned out that was incredibly meaningful to her because she had always understood this sense of God being like the fragrance of roses and had really longed for that to be what her life was like and then to wear that rose perfume and everything to her and a sense of God's presence with her. Sometimes it is um, just a knowing. So, um, and this is, some, this is a place where I kind of trip up sometimes. So... Uh, very interesting, sometimes I feel someone's already told me something. And then I say it to them, like in conversation, and they go, how did you know that? And I went, you told me, right? And they go, no. So I think that's just God's working with me because he still knows I'm a little bit resistant. So, um, but it might just be that you feel like you know something, as if someone has already told you. And... um, An example of that for me was when I was with someone and I actually said to them, oh, how are things going with your dad? And they said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, you've had, you know, that big falling out you had the other week and, you know, I just wondered how that's going and um, I hope there's been some reconciliation. And they said, and I even said the day... (laughs) On the, on, on the Saturday, and they went, I haven't told anyone that. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, but then I was like, well, I'm starting to know this about God, that obviously that has been on his heart. So can we pray together for that? And they were reconciled. And it meant the world to them to think that God saw that heartache and wanted to meet with them on that. Sometimes for me, it has been about a willingness to follow something that is living out, um, something that seems really bizarre, actually. And so now, instead of being really frightened by the guys in the Old Testament, I find them a comfort. Because when I'm asked, feel like God invites me, it's always an invitation. It's never a have to. It's always an invitation just to participate in his loving acts in the world. Um, then I look to them and I go, well, at least it's not as weird as them. So I comfort myself now with that concept. But an example of that is I felt like God told me one time to go and buy a loaf of bread and a bottle of milk, right? And then to walk up my street with my bread and my milk. And he would tell me where to stop and to deliver the bread and the milk. And I just thought, my heart is pounding. I feel like an idiot. Let me be a fool for Christ rather than I am just a fool anyway. So why not be a fool for Christ? So I went up and knocked on this door. This woman answered. And I said, I know this might sound bizarre. And there's no point pretending, but I just felt like God told me to get these things and to deliver them to you. And she burst out into tears. Her husband had passed away. She had had the funeral, was desperate, 
didn't want to go out into public, but she needed bread and milk. And so we ended up praying together. I ended up looking after her kids for a while. And we had this beautiful friendship that was built out of a moment of being willing to listen to the heart of God. I think sometimes God has pointed out to me things in people's lives that are their struggle points. And um, I have come to learn that we're all... I don't really like people coming up and just straight out pointing out my faults. I don't know about you. So I just think I don't really like it when people prophetically want to do that. That doesn't feel kind. It doesn't feel like the heart of God to me. So... I feel like there's something important about the ability as people of Christ to confess to each other. But even sitting alongside at someone and saying, oh, is there something you'd like to confess? It doesn't feel really nice, does it? So I think the invitation here is that the Lord says, would you love someone and journey with them enough that they're willing to tell their life story to you enough that they would even confess some things? And then, and then, you can walk with them in that space. So I think when God does that for me and shows me something that someone's personally struggling with, it's more an invitation to walk alongside them, to say, you know, ultimately, if you go to God, it's going to be okay. We can find the help you need when the confession comes. And it can be help beyond, um, you know, I'm not... I also want to say to you that having this gift, does people have all sorts of training in other ways that I also believe is from God. So when someone confesses something and we pray together, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to point them to a counsellor. It often usually means that I am, or that I'm going to find a connection point that would help them in some way. Um, God has also sometimes told me about medical things with people, and Um, And then still I long for that gift of healing and I have seen it sometimes. But generally it's that I'm connecting them with professional medical help. But sometimes it's something they haven't seen in their own body. So somehow with this prophetic gift for me, it's come with a diagnostic capacity. So I give that all to you to say it can look very different, right? But what would it mean if we could all imagine if we went from here today and each of us was given some way to partner with the heart of God that you would communicate to one person, a different person every day of the week. Wow. Wow. It's for us here. It is for us here. And I love that we love each other that way. But I think it's more for a world that doesn't know him yet. That you would be the messengers. I, you, us, would be the messengers of God's love to a really desperate world. You know what? I think one of the greatest fears of everyone sitting in this room is that you're going to become irrelevant. And I wanted to say to you this morning, if you could grab hold of this and the love of God, you will never be irrelevant. Never, ever, ever that you have a purpose that is meant to bring the love of God. So, 
How about we give it a go now? What do you reckon? You're as terrified as me? That's good. <laughs> so, um, and look, I just wonder if you would allow me to just give a couple of words to people so that, and, and so you can see how, is that all right? So, um, my sense is, it's better off if we start this process by saying, I think the Lord might be saying. It gives people the freedom to say, no, that doesn't fit. And we go, okay. Or you can say, oh, I'll put that on the shelf and I'll think and pray about it for a little while. Um, I also think sometimes the Lord gives us scripture to encourage people's hearts so that they can go back. And if it doesn't align with the word of God, then for heaven's sake, don't bother saying it, right? Um, just keep it to yourself. Some things are better kept in, not out. Those things are better kept in. But there are some people who've come this morning, um, you know, and I think you, you are desperate for God. And so if you hear this word, it's for you, you take it anyway, right? Yeah? But I, I see this beautiful couple sitting back here and you've got a scarf on and I just felt like the Lord said, he knows your heart. And there's a psalm, psalm 101. I love the psalms. But um, I think the Lord might be saying, there's a verse in there that talks about how he sees. He sees you with the faithfulness that rests upon you. And that um, I think his encouragement to you this morning is you can dwell with the Lord. No matter what the circumstances are that are swirling around you, that you actually can be dwelling with the Lord. That's what that scripture's all about. So um, they're nodding. So I think that means that might be from God and that might have blessed their hearts. So the Lord bless you with that. That's as simple as it has to be, okay? So I'm wondering if we could take some time. I'm going to ask the Lord to give your word. Every single person in here is going to have a word for someone else. Because I prayed that the people who would come this morning would be a part of this incredible prophetic gift that's going to move through this church in a whole new way and be like a fresh breath of God. So every single one of you here has a prophetic gift that's about to be woken up in a new way. It's time to take the lid right off, let the fizz out, and to bless each other. So I'm going to ask the Lord to give you one word, an encouraging word for the person who's next to you. So we're going to go in pairs and do it for each other. And then, uh, so you, you say that word for each other and pray and bless each other with that, okay? And then before that, I'm going to ask the Lord to give you a word for people that you don't know this week that you come in contact with. It's going to be people who you're buying at the checkout counter. It might be um, a relative that you're visiting. It's going to be a mum at school. It's going to be people that you have never given the love of God to before you're going to this week. And God gave me this picture that the prophetic thing that's about to, to be released and that is already in you, because I believe it's already in every single person here, he gave me this picture of a couple of horses that, were, that just suddenly got this scent and they turned and they started running and they all ran together. Like a big, it was beautiful, like this big bunch. Of, have you ever seen horses thundering together? can hear them from a long way off. And in the spirit, it'll be heard. We overcome Satan 
by the testimony of what he has done in our lives and by the blood of Jesus. So you are going to have a testimony of the goodness of God as he speaks to other people through you. So Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for the beautiful things that you're doing in our hearts this morning. So we lean into you. We seek to receive from you, to wait on you for this word and then to gift it to our friend that's sitting next to us. And then to do the same thing every day this week, to lean in, to listen to you, to hear that word that you want us to give to the person we'll meet, to strengthen, to build up, to encourage. And we know that it will build up this church. Come, Holy Spirit, come now and give that word to each person. Now, it might have come as a word or a picture or you might have had a feeling. You might remember a song or a scripture verse. But I'd ask you now to just turn to the person who's next to you and to give that word. And if anyone is feeling like, I feel absolutely clueless. Can you um, put up your hand? And I'm actually going to come and just be with you because I do believe the Lord has something within each of you. So, um, So turn and chat now. But if you feel clueless, can you put your hand up? Resources that you will empower us with the inner strength that comes only through your spirit. Christ, make your home in our hearts as we trust you. Lord, we're asking that our roots would grow down into God's love and that you keep us strong in faith. Lord, we want to have the power to understand, to know your mind and to love your people. And we know that's how it should be if we're people of God. We're longing that you would stretch us wide, long, high and deep as we know your love and give it to others. Let every single person in this room this morning experience your love, Jesus Christ. And we're asking for more. We know there's more of you, not just for our own spirits, but for the world. We understand, Lord, that this is what makes us complete, fully yours, fully alive. This is the type of power that, God, you long to bring through us to this world. And, Lord, we ask for it not for our own glory, not so that people would look to us, because we desperately long, Lord Jesus Christ, that people would come to you and know that the love you have for them and that this is the only place that you can get saved is in the love of Jesus Christ that you died and you rose again so that we could live forever with you. We long to see more and more people discover that, Lord Jesus, a friendship with you that lasts forever. Amen.